because that song gets me fired up and gets me excited. And first time I ever heard that song, uh, I was at a meeting and um, the family that sang it, they had uh, gave the testimony of a tragedy they had in their family uh, where they had lost their son. Forgot my little mic. And um, I heard them singing that song and I'd never heard it before. 
and it just, you know, I don't like to get emotional, but I lost it and when I heard it. And so anytime I, I hear that song, uh, it does, it gets me. You know, we don't understand what God's doing, but we've read the Bible and things always turn out good in the end. But there are, there are difficult moments and uh, that song goes along with my message I want to preach today. This is kind of more of a probably camp meeting style message and I know we're north of the Mason-Dixon line and we're all a bunch of Yankees up here so I don't know if I can preach it that way and I don't know if I don't know if you all can be a camp meeting type audience which is kind of necessary for me to preach it that way but I do hope to motivate you today uh, with this message but brother Jerry just read Daniel chapter 3 and I want you to notice what it says in verse 17 it said um, we, we know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they're standing before Nebuchadnezzar a world ruler who has the power to do whatever he wants, who has the power to take their life. And it says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, and that's the title of the sermon today, I want you to notice those three words. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were well aware of what God was capable of doing. They knew what he had the power to do. He knew what God had the authority to do. But they didn't know for sure what God was going to do. We know what's going to happen because we've read the story a million times. But these guys, they're living it right here at this moment. And they said, but if not, what are we going to do if God doesn't deliver us out of your hand? said, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Well, I wish a lot more people would have read this verse a few months or a few years ago when the government was telling us at what to do. And thankfully, a lot of people did. A lot of people did say, you know, you know, told the government that um, reminded them that they have limited authority and that they have no authority over the church. And don't get me going on that. But we're all familiar with this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know how this ended. We know how God delivered them from the fiery furnace. We get a lot of inspiration from these stories, but if we're not careful, we'll let these stories give us the wrong idea that everything always ends the way we want if we do right. That's the way it goes in every Christian movie. You know, when the car dealer decides to be honest, he sells all the cars on his lot. That's the way it goes in every Christian movie. You know, and then the same guy when he's a football coach and he does the right thing, you know, his wife gets pregnant, you know, when she couldn't have a baby before and the whole team, you know, school gets saved. And, you know, I mean, if we're watching a uh, Kendrick Brothers movie, everything is always going to turn out great in the end. But if we actually go off real life, if we actually go off what the Bible says, that's not always the case. In fact, uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And this is, this is an interesting part here, but we've got to ask ourselves, you know, are we really servants of God? Are we, re- are we really submitted to God's will? We like to talk about God's will, but we're not always, uh, I don't think we're always as willing to follow His will as we think we are. We have an attitude, I will follow God's will, you know, if He does what I want Him to do. But we need to have an attitude like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that, you know what, I know what God is able to do, but if not, I'm doing the right thing anyway. And Because sometimes there's an if not. Sometimes it doesn't go the way you want. But notice what it says in Hebrews 11.32. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. We, uh, we went through Judges. We saw Gideon's great victory, didn't we? Of Barak, we saw his great victory with Deborah. And of Samson, we saw many of his great victories. 
of Jephthah. We saw his victory. Of David. We all know about David and Goliath. We, know all, we all know about the wars that David won. And also of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Boy, just one good thing after another. But then, notice what it says here. And others. Okay, others. And here's the thing that stinks about these others too. They're not named. We don't know their stories. But let's see what it says about others. Because these were people of faith too. And they're named with Jephthah and with David and with Samson and all these men. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Wait, now folks, who are these people? They're people of faith. They're people that we're supposed to be like. But look how it was for them. Not everybody got out of the fiery furnace. Not everybody had the mouths of lions stopped. But these people were of faith too, and yet their life stunk. But look at what God said about these people, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So folks, notice that these people who are of faith, who had a good report of faith, that God says the world is not worthy of, you could say their life stunk. Nobody knew who they were. It says in on Acts chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, we all know, if we, and if we go through that story, they end up arresting Peter. But you know what? God delivered Peter. Now, here's the question. Why didn't he deliver James? How come James got killed and how come Peter got delivered? That don't seem right. I mean, that doesn't really seem fair. Well, I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I think Peter had a lot more faith. Uh, You know, Peter, he was somebody that stood next to Jesus when he was, um, you know, at the cross. When he was confronted, he never denied the Lord. No, actually, he did deny the Lord three times. Peter was always getting in trouble. I mean, folks, Peter seemed to have a lot of issues. You know, James, we don't see as many stories about him, but we definitely don't see as many bad stories about him. But yet we see God decides he's going to deliver Peter. God doesn't deliver James. Why did God deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And how come those guys are named? We talk about them all the time. But then you have the others who are living in caves, wandering around, sheepskins, goatskins. We don't know who they are. What? Why? What's going on here? This doesn't really seem fair. And let me tell you, we all, we all love the outcomes of stories like of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Daniel in the lion's den, like David and Goliath. But we've got to get a hold of the fact not all stories end that way. And while 
And, and why is it that every Christian movie, happy ending, when the person does the right thing, you know that sends the wrong message? You know how many people, they get involved in church and they decide, I'm going I'm I'm to try serving the Lord. Okay, now those of us who've actually stuck with it, when you decide you're going to start serving the Lord, guess what always happens? The devil attacks. It always happens. But these people, they've been watching all these Christian movies they got at the Christian bookstore, and they, they thought everything was going to go great in their life after they got saved and started serving the Lord. But no, the devil attacks. Now, you're always going to be better off in the long run. God will give you victory, and, and our God is able to do all kinds of great things. Our God is able to let your football team go all the way. Our God is able to let your wife finally get pregnant. You know, our God is able to get you to sell all the cars on the car lot that you have. Our God is able to do all that stuff. But here's a big question. If not, what if God doesn't do those things for you? What if God doesn't answer your prayer? You know how many people there are right now praying, you know, for the Lord to help them find a spouse or for the Lord to help them have a baby or the Lord to do whatever. And they've been praying for years and it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, a lot of times what we end up doing, we have this attitude, well, if not, I'm going to, I'm going to change what I'm doing. You know, that's not how these things are supposed to work. We see in this story, these men, they were determined that they were going to do right no matter the outcome. It doesn't matter, Nebuchadnezzar. We know what our God is able to do, but if not, we're not bowing. You know, you can take this thing all the way we will not bow before your image. And let me just point out a few things about this mindset that they had versus ours often. And then I want to talk about some areas where we've got to have this attitude where we make this decision, you know, knowing where we make decisions, knowing what God is able to do, but also following through with that decision if there is a but if not situation. Because, you know, I'm kind of tired too of going to meetings, conferences, and I've talked with so many pastors about this. I've read so many books, okay? And, and you, you have these pastors out there that, you know, are seen as successful. You know, they build large ministries, big churches and all that, and then they go around basically telling everybody what they did. And then everybody goes around and tries to copy that guy. And, you know, and it doesn't always work. At the end of the day, one thing I've learned, and, I, and I've, I've talked to enough preachers that will back me up on this, at the end of the day, none of us can really figure out why people succeed and why people do good and why some guys build these massive ministries while other guys, they just labor away and put on collar and nobody ever knows who they are. I mean, you know, there, there are, there's going to always be the big names that we all know about. There's always going to be the men who built the large ministries whose names are repeated. But you know what? There's going to be the others too that are also of faith. There's going to be the others of whom the world is not worthy. There's going to be the others who, while they are not named, God has something better for them. And if we're not careful, we're always going to be so focused on those who are named, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's, the Davids, that we're going to think something's wrong when we don't find ourselves in that situation. In fact, I would go as far as saying that the others probably greatly outnumbered all the other people that are mentioned. The stories of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are exciting and inspirational because it doesn't always work out that way. These were rare things that happened. But all this other stuff that took place, these were common things. These happened all the time. There's probably a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more martyrs out there than there are, you know, the people who escaped the edge of the sword and all those kind of things. And so we've just got to 
get a hold of the fact that, you know what, we need to be ready for the but if not. We need to prepare ourselves for the but if not. And so while there's some mindsets I want us to notice and some things that I want us to get, we see while these men knew what God was able to do. And I hope that you all have read your Bible enough. I hope you all have heard enough preaching from here that you understand what God is capable of doing. We have every reason to believe in prayer. We have every reason to believe that God can do great things. We have every reason to have expectations of good in our life. We have every reason to expect that God is going to bless our families and that God is going to take care of us and that God is going to protect us. We have every reason to expect that. We have every reason as a church to expect God to bless and to God to, to build our church and, and to help it grow and for us to continue to do great things. We have every reason to expect that thing, those things, because our God is able. But you know what? Let's never act like God is our magic genie. Let's not do that. And you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew what God was able to do, but at the same time, they didn't act like God was their magic genie that they can use to get him to do their will. And that's how we are a lot of times. It's like we want to figure out how we can get close to God so we can get our three wishes granted. You know, what do we got? You know, we all know for the magic genie, you just all you got to do is rub the lamp. But, you know, with God, we've always got to go to the expert preacher on prayer. Here's how I get all my prayers answered. Hey, and, and I love I love good preaching on prayer. I love good preaching on prayer. But let me I, I, I pray. I pray four hours a day. Every day. Man, you know, I'll bet that does something. But, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, is it about the length of the prayer or is it about the faith in the prayer? You know, is it, you know, I make sure whenever I pray, you know, and I've got, I've got it all structured. I do one hour of praise, P. I do one hour of repenting, R, repent. I do one hour of asking. A. And then I do one hour of why yielding, listen to what God has to say to me. If you'll do that, you get all your prayers answered. Hey, that sounds great. I'll bet if we all did that, we'd probably see a difference. But if not, are you going to keep doing it? Are you going to are you going to keep are you going to keep following that? Are you doing that because you truly believe in your heart that's what God wants from you every day, or you're doing that because you heard a preacher say that and this is how I get God to conform to my will? You know, we need to just learn to do things because we just know it's the right thing to do, because we know it's what God wants us to do. We're not trying to figure out how we can make God our little puppet to do whatever we need him to do because, you know, that magic genie, he's got all the power, you know, and it's, and it, you know, and it's great the thought of having this all-powerful be, being ready to do your will. But folks, that's not how it's supposed to work for us as Christians. We are supposed to be submitted to Almighty God doing whatever his will is. And we see sometimes God's will is difficult things for his children. We see in Isaiah 55 verse 9, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. 
So notice, God's word does what he wants it to do. But we're always trying to figure out what we can do with God's word to get him to do what we want him to do. Hey, what did God say? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let me tell you, you know, I think, if you want to know how I think, I think like the Kendrick brothers. You know, I think everything should all turn out good for me. I'm doing great. I'm being obedient to God. I mean, I'm this fantastic Christian. Isn't that how we all think about ourselves? And we do. We, we have that attitude. But you know what? God, I don't, I don't always know what he wants. I don't know what he wants. There's, there's a lot of times where we're not going to know what's going on. But the thing is, we've got to make sure that we always do what God says we're supposed to do. Too many people want to figure out what they have to do to control God instead of just letting God control them. And you know what? We see in Hebrews 11, these people that God was controlling wandered in deserts and wildernesses. were in sheepskins, goatskins. I mean, now some guys had it great. I mean, you know, Joseph, yeah, Joseph had to go through a rough patch, but, you know, at least he ended up being second in command in Egypt. But you know what? There's others. They just died. There's others died in prison. Forgotten. We don't know their names. All over America today, all over the world today, people are talking about Joseph. There's some. There's preachers somewhere in America today, somewhere in this world, preaching about Joseph and all the great things. And in the meantime, nobody's talking about that unnamed person who was just killed, who died. And, you know, but at the same time, the world wasn't worthy of them. They obtained a good report. Through faith. Too many preachers are preaching sermons, writing books, telling you how you can get all your prayers answered. And it's mainly consisting of stories where they brag on themselves. And let me tell you, I've, I've been around long enough. I've seen what has actually gone down. I've been close enough with some of the people who are considered successful that a lot of times when I'll hear them give their testimonies, it's like, um, you know, you're telling the story about your prayer, all night prayer meeting you had. You know, you're telling your story about this great trial of affliction you went through and how faithful you are to God. Here's what you're not telling everybody about, about your millionaire sugar daddy that took care of everything for you. A lot of times, you know what, when these great successes that are out there, there's a little something extra that they're never telling everybody about. And, and so, again, we don't want to... That, this is why we're never supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves. This is why we're never supposed to just, while we can all learn from other churches and learn from other pastors, there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, we've just got to be who God wants us to be. Because nobody really knows why and all these things. And so, some days we're going to be like Job, okay? You don't, you don't really get any better than Job. But look how bad things were for Job. Now, I know how it ended for him in the end. But, you know, notice what he said in Job 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet... I will trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. We need to have that attitude of Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Hey, I know what the Bible says. I know what it says about being obedient. And you know what? I'm going to do these things even if it kills me. Even if God kills me, I'm going to, I'm going to obey him. We need to have the attitude of Samuel. In 1 Samuel 3.10, And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak. For thy servant heareth. And remember that message I preached a while back about necessary qualities for successful families. We talked about faithfulness and we gave all these examples of people like Moses, my servant, that God said about Abraham, my servant. All these great people that we often see, that we often talk about, God's uh, testimony of them 
what God called them was my servant. Most people today are trying to figure out how to get God to be their servant. That is not what we should be trying to do. We need to be his servant. And God, God might want to do great, wonderful things, public things through your life to bring glory to him. God might want to do that. But God might also want you to be an example of suffering affliction. God might want you to be an example of that too. Okay? I want to be the blessed example, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we're all going to volunteer. That's my will. But you know what? Our will needs to be just be a servant of God. Lord, if you need me to be the guy wandering in deserts, I'll do it. That should be our attitude. Lord, if I've got to be the guy who gets killed, do it. I'd prefer to be the guy that gets released from prison. I'd prefer to be the guy that has something really cool happen, a miracle or something like that. You know what, Lord? Whatever you want, that's what I want. That needs to be the attitude we have. We need to be a servant. Another thing we see about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this is important, these men had already determined and made a decision in their heart about what they were going to do. When they stood before Nebuchadnezzar, they had already decided what they were going to tell him. They had already decided what decision they were going to make, what they were going to do, depending on what he said. It didn't matter. They weren't going to wait. Well, let's go see what he says he's going to do. If he sticks to this idea of killing us and throwing us in a fiery furnace, we'll ask him if we can just take one knee instead of two. No, no, they, like, no we're not going to do it. They, there was no compromise. We see that they had faced this type of thing before in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. In a much smaller thing, in one of their dietary restrictions that they had under the law, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And you know how that story worked out. They, God blessed them. And even though they weren't eating what everybody else was, they were healthier looking and they, they had all their energy. And God did a work there. But I love how... In that story in Daniel 1, we're not going to take time to read all of it. These guys literally get taken captive. They get taken to a strange land. Their city has been destroyed. But you know what? They knew. It's crystal clear. They knew when they were heading to Babylon, we are going to be tempted to violate things that we have already committed to do. And you know what? They just right at the beginning drew some lines and said, I'm not crossing this line. I'll die first. That needs to be our attitude. And sadly, again, in 2020, when our government went crazy on us, too many people, they had never made any decisions about the lines they were going to draw. Or they didn't. They erased them and moved the line. You know what? There comes a point where you just have to say, no, I am not crossing this line. Because let me tell you, they're always going to push. They're always going to push. And, you know, sadly, our country, we gave our government way too much during that time we gave way too much and you know what they will demand those things again and it'll be a little more next time it's going to be even more next time and thank god for the people who said no we're not budging an inch on this thank thank god for people like that that needs to be our attitude and let me tell you the temptations aren't going to go away but we've just got to determine ahead of time i'm not bending on these things I'm going to keep on serving the Lord. Now, what if everything doesn't turn out great in my, in my life and in my family? It doesn't matter. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep serving Him. Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. We, got, we need to be those people that even if we face tragedies in our life, I thank God for, I know many pastors who've lost their spouses. I know many who've lost children 
And you know what they kept? Man, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like a servant of God should have to deal with something like that. I mean, they're serving the Lord. They're doing the right thing. And then to face a tragedy like that, folks, I'm not even going to pretend to understand that. But you know what? I'm thankful they're still serving the Lord. And then I know other guys out there, they got their feelings hurt and they quit. That's not right. We just got to determine no matter what, we're going to keep on going forward. We're going to keep on serving the Lord. We're going to keep on going to church. We're going to keep on soul winning. We're going to keep on telling people about Jesus. We're going to keep on acting like Christians. We got to draw some lines too when it comes to even things raising our kids. We've got nut jobs in California trying to tell people if they don't affirm their children's gender, they're going to be punished. They're going to have their kids taken away from them. Listen, we've just got to, we've got to determine. Some things aren't going to happen. There's just, uh, there's, there's no negotiating it. There's no bending on this. We are not going to let the state ever have our kids. We've got to determine these things. And you know, well, well, what if they pass a law? Well, we might have to escape. Listen, it's okay to run. It's, it's all right to run sometimes. There, there may come a point where we have to flee to another state. There might come a point where we have to flee to another country. There might come a point where we just have to die. But there's some things we just, we can't allow. We can't let these things take place. And let me tell you, we give them anything. They're going to just keep on taking. They're going to keep on taking. And you know, too many Christians are sitting around waiting and watching to see what everyone else is going to do. What if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, you know, this is tough. Let's see. Surely not everybody's going to bow. But folks, everyone bowed. Everyone bowed. Except for those three. Thank God they weren't like a lot of Christians who were just waiting. You've always got that person in the church. Anytime the church is going to do something, anytime they're going to try something new, what are you going to do? What do you think about it? Shut up. Are you not capable of making a decision on your own? Oh, you know, we're going to have church next year. You guys going to come to that? Shut up. You're basing your decision off what I do. You can't make a decision. How weak are you? Uh, what, what, you know, why do we have to be that way? That is the most pathetic thing in the world. And that's how it was too in 2020. A lot of pastors, hey, what are you guys going to do? We're shutting down. Okay. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing. No, we can't be that way. You've got to determine in your heart. Got to determine in your heart. And that's what these guys did. Big decisions are better off being made ahead of time so you aren't emotional in the midst of that trial and temptation. We just got to make some decisions ahead of time. And it's, it's never fun. You know, I'm thankful. You know, there's, there's been many situations where, you know, difficult things came up, but the decision had already been made. We had already determined as a church this is what we would do if this ever happened. If we ever found out that somebody was into some serious perversion or whatever, we're putting them out of the church. You know, there's done. There's some things that you just don't come back from. And then when these kind of things manifest themselves, you know, we don't have to get emotional. Like, oh, what do we do? I didn't think it would be them. Hey, there's no decision to be made. The decision's already made. Nobody, nobody can take it personal. You know, and in the situation, in the one situation we had, even the individual didn't take it personal. They didn't, they didn't even ask. You know why? They knew. The decision had been made and it was impossible for them to take it personal when we did what we did. Because we, they knew, that it wasn't, you know, they didn't do this because they didn't like me. No, they did this because 
this, as a church, we had already decided what we would do if we ever faced something like that. And I'm telling you, when it comes to difficult decisions, and as our world gets worse and worse, as churches get worse and worse, folks, the things that people are expecting when they walk into churches these days just absolutely blows my mind. And we've, just got, to, we've, we've got to understand more and more we're going to be faced with things. It's only a matter of time, and we will not be allowed to exist if we discriminate against, you know, rainbow people. What are we going to do when that happens? Um, you know what? How about we make that decision ahead of time? By the way, we've already made that decision. <laughs> Some things we're just not going to do. And you know what? If they ever come and, and they threaten us, it, it, I, I'm not even going to have to call a church meeting about it. I mean, I'll let everybody know what's going on, but it's just like, hey, this is what we're going to do to you guys. If you all don't give, you know, equal opportunities for whatever, and say, well, then you are going to have to shut us down. And I'm going to find a lawyer that we only have to pay if we win. Because <laughs> uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have money for a lawyer. And at the, at the end of the day, too, you know, what, what, what if they take your building? What if they take our property? Well, they can't really take it from me because uh, I don't own it. They can't take it from any of us. We don't own it. I mean, we as a church do. But ultimately, it's the Lord's. And we know God would not want us conforming to that stuff. So you know what? I'll let them worry, you know, deal with the consequences of stealing from God. And we're not going to fight a physical battle over it. We're not going to you know, get our AR-15s and have a standoff with them out here or anything like that, as much as we might be tempted. All right? But at, at the same time, no, this is God's property. This, is God, this belongs to God. And if they do, if they want to mess with that, if they want to boy, you know, then they can do that if they want. But the decision's already made. Right? These things will never be allowed in this church. Uh, we, you know, I, I've already made a decision. I'm not using anyone's preferred pronouns. I'm not, do, I'm not doing that. Okay? I'm, you know, if I use your preferred pronoun, um, it was either because you're using your real ones or you convinced me that you were what you were pretending to be. And I don't know if you've noticed, people aren't very good at it. It's really, really hard to do. <laughs> and because uh, let me tell you, guys, you, you make ugly women. <laughs> and women make ugly guys every time. And I don't think you need to take that personal. But I mean... I'm not even going to try giving any examples and trying to picture anybody, any of them guys in a dress. It's just not something any of us even want to think about. <laughs> but you want to talk about ugly, and you know, and I don't think of any, I don't think of any of you all as ugly. But I can't imagine anything uglier than some of you guys here in a dress or something like that. <laughs> so, well, so if you want to know what it looked like, just go to a pride parade this month, and you'll find out. And they got that place; those things are oozing with ugly and hideousness. It's absolutely awful. But decisions already made. Uh, Psalms one nineteen eleven: Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. It's got to already be there, folks. That's why we need to know the commands of God. We need to know these Bible verses. It's got to be in our hearts so we won't sin. And we are, we're so sinful. Our flesh is so sinful. We have to make plans to not sin 
Because we just naturally sin without thinking about it. And I don't want to mess up in these things. So I've got to make plans. I've got to make decisions. I've got to put protections and safeguards in my life. And you say, you know, Brother Tommy, why are you so offensive in, in, in your speech and in your language you know, tor- towards you know, people? You know, why can't you be more supportive and affirm people's delusions and things like that? I'll tell you why. Because it's sinful and it's wrong and I make myself be mean about it because I want to get in the habit of not doing what they're trying to get us to do. Because I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong and so I want to stay as far away from it as I can. I am like Paul said in Romans 7:18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. And it's so important in these evil days that we live, that we live in, we got to determine in our hearts what we are going to do before we are even faced with a decision. We just all, we got to make these decisions ahead of time. We've got to consider possible outcomes, and we should always take comfort in what God can do. But we also need to be ready for the if not. Our God is able to turn this nation around. But if not, our God is able to fix Washington, D.C. But if not, if not, we're still going to preach the truth. We're still going to keep on preaching the gospel. We're going to still keep on living according to the principles of the Bible. And our, our God can change things in the right way. But if not, we're, we're still not going along. We're still not going along with this freak show, weirdo, psycho agenda that is being shoved down our throats, especially during the month of June. We're not going along with it. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they say. Oh, you know, what if they fully censor? What if they, you know, completely ban you from the Internet? What if they do? I hope they don't do any of that stuff. But, if, but you know what? Either way, I'm not going to change on these things. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. And you know what? God, our God is able to deliver. But if not, another thing we need to learn too, never give God deadlines. Never give God deadlines. Because notice, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they let him throw him in the fiery furnace. They got thrown in the fiery furnace. And, and uh, Psalms 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently in him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. When uh, Psalm 27:10, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We've got to wait on God, and we don't give Him deadlines. How long do we wait? Until we die, maybe. maybe. Hopefully we don't have to wait that long. But again, what if these guys would have just waited till right before the furnace? What if they, what if they just waited till they felt the heat? What if they had done that then? You know what? They would have missed out on getting to walk with Jesus in the fiery furnace. Sometimes God wants us to go through the fiery furnace. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes we get burned up in the fiery furnace. These guys didn't. We know what our God is able to do. But let me tell you something, too, about God. Because whenever we are faced with challenges and difficulties, we start running these scenarios in our mind. And we think, you know, to, to us, you know, we're praying, you know, Lord, don't let me lose my job. Don't let me lose my house. Don't let me lose my health. Don't let this person die. 
You know, we, we always have these worst possible outcomes in our mind. But here's the thing. Sometimes, did, did you know that God, and I, I need to say this in the right way, God's late all the time, yet still gets the job done. For example, remember when they called for Jesus to come take care of Lazarus? He was late by four days, wasn't he? But he still resurrected Lazarus, didn't he? God, God's late. He's late for things all the time. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that he can still accomplish his will and get what he needs done. God might, you know, God let Job's family die, but God also doubled his possessions later. God also gave him ten more children. We see God, God eventually did all those things. And so, um, you know, the, that worst case scenario you're thinking could happen, yeah, you know what? God might let it happen before he steps in and does something even better. I said, I don't know what he's going to do. I just know God's late all the time for things. I'm always like, you know, what, Lord, I, I need you to do things. I, I need you to do it by this time. And he doesn't do it that way. But then he ends up doing it in an even better way. And, you know, even when we bought this building, we had a plan. We had a good plan. And we prayed that that plan would go through. And you know what? It didn't happen. But then what ended up happening was actually way better. It was way better the way God worked everything out. It's like we had a plan and it didn't work. God did not come through in the time frame that we were praying for and that we were asking for. But yet God came through. And it was actually in a better way. So just understand that in our minds we might think if that, if that were to happen... If, this, if me doing the right thing were to cause me to lose my job, then at that point, I don't have to serve God anymore because He didn't answer my prayer. No. Even if that worst thing that you're thinking of happens to you, you know what? We're still going to do the right thing. Because God can turn that situation around and make things better. It's, a, it's God's lay all the time, but He still comes through. And so our, our God is able to turn our nation around, but if He doesn't, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep preaching what we're preaching. The day is coming. And is already here in many places where we're not able to, you know, discriminate against the sodomites. But when that day comes, when many seemingly good churches bow the knee, what are we going to do when that day comes? What are we going to do when all the other Baptists are saying we're bad? Decision's already made. We know what we're going to do. Our God, our God is able to heal any of our sicknesses and diseases. But if He doesn't, we're still going to praise Him. Uh, we'll, we'll praise Him until we die. Our God is able to answer any prayer, but if He doesn't, we're still going to serve Him. You know, our God, our God is able to save your loved one. Our God is able to save that person you're, you've been thinking about, you've been praying for, but you know what? If not, are you still going to love Him? Are you still going to serve Him? Are you going to still be obedient to Him? And let me tell you, we spend way too much time worrying about how God is going to do His job. And what we need to just do is start worrying about doing our own job. Say, so, you know what? I know what God wants me to do. I know what God's will is for my life. And you know, let's just, let's just admit it right now. All right? Everybody take your halos off and just admit it that we, we all have things that we hope God does for us in our life. We all have you know, things that we, what we pray for that we would like for God to do. And sometimes, if we're just real honest, we do a lot of good things hoping God will see us doing those good things and be like, you know what? I'm going to bless them. 
Man, you know, I saw them put that extra 20 in the offering. I'm giving them an extra 200 on their paycheck this week. You know, that, that's kind of how that's kind of how we are sometimes. You know, and and I'm not saying you can't look for blessings, want blessings, pray for blessings, and, and all that. I'm not I'm not saying that you can't do that. But what ends up the problem with that is sometimes sometimes you're going to put that extra 20 in the offering, and then you're going to get a flat tire on the way home. You know, you're going to get an extra bill. Your taxes are going to go up. That's going to happen. I mean, you know, the, the, that, that's just how it is. Sometimes something's going to break down. That, that's just that's just the way it works. And so, you know, instead of us just, you know, worried, what is God going to do? Let's just always make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. And let's just be his servants. And if we have to go through some stuff, then God just wants us to go through it. And yeah, I want God to bless in a big way. But you know what? God might want me to be an example of just being faithful in opposition, alone, no, no visible success and things like that. Might, that might be what God wants. I hope not. I hope you all are like, well, man, I don't want to go to church with that pastor. Uh, you know, I, I want to go with the one that, you know, God's exalting and doing all these great things through. No, you just you need to figure out what God wants you to do and do it. And we all and whatever your decision we need to have that decision, that attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, but if not, our God is able, but if not, we're going to do the right thing no matter what. And so I hope this was an encouragement. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you so much for uh, your word and uh, stories that show us what you're able to do. But Lord, I pray that we'll all take the time to remember the others that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, those unnamed people that the world was not worthy of, those people who had a good report through faith. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be willing uh, to be those people and that we will serve you no matter what the outcome is, that we'll have an attitude like Job, though you slay us, we're going to trust in you. And I pray, Lord, that we will be your servants and that we'll stop trying to figure out how we can uh, get you to be our servant, but we'll uh, just be yielded Christians uh, for you until your return. In your name we pray. Amen.